consider yourself normal, then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is W-Y-R-D. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. You're listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. the last musical you watched (laughs) well i watched a little fragment of this production of the music man that is being done with deaf actors and the the entire cast is not deaf but uh but the primary character is and it just was very intriguing to me i thought it was very interesting i might actually see that you know, I'm not a big fan of the musical genre. Mm-hmm. There's only a few that I really like. Most of them are much older. Mm-hmm. The modern ones don't do a whole lot for me, actually. Same. Same for me. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The The last time I saw a musical in a theater, mm-hmm. I can't even remember. I, I, I want to say it was Evita for me. Uh, I think. Well, for me, it... it it might have been the producers in New York because my daughter loves Mel Brooks. And <laughs> who doesn't? We, I know who doesn't. And so we went to see that when she was, she was a teenager probably, so maybe 15 years ago, something like that, when it was on Broadway. I tell you, there's something about New York City and theater, isn't it? There's, I'm no. not getting there. <laughs> no, so? there's not. There used to be. It used to be you could go to New York and see really good theater and not derivative theater and not, oh, I think I saw this. This is just like a show I saw 20 years ago, except it's not as good. You know, <laughs> I'm but I'm super fussy about my live theater. Well, yeah, so I'm not the best person to ask. I do love to go to New York and I do love to see theater there, but I really prefer like off Broadway and off, off, off Broadway. Something new, something's going to challenge me. That's that's what I was talking about because the Broadway stuff is all it's all aimed at tourists. Every bit of it. It's so glitzy and glamorous. Uh, and it's, it's fine. Much, it's fine. I mean, it, you know, it, there's just it not much to it, it, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Well, it's entertainment. That's all. It's just entertainment. I I think the last one that I saw was in New York was an off-Broadway, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was a three-part, three-part play, and it had Nathan Lane, and it also had this, uh, oh gosh, I I don't know his name, but I know that you would know him. He's a a little bald man, very sarcastic. 
and he was in it and Rhoda. Oh, <laughs> that sounds great. It, it was fabulous. I loved it. I really loved it. And then I want to say that would have been like in 98 or something like that. 1998. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, I love to travel back then because I could do it for practically nothing. And I had a buddy of mine and he, who taught me how to get free flights. Do you remember when they were giving away free flights? If you would change your ticket, your ticket. Oh yeah. Well, see, we would always say yes to that because we were hotel employees of national chain and we could always find a place to stay really cheap or free. And most of the time, I think they'd put you up for free, but uh, so we would just we would spend a week and surf once a year through the airlines and just gather free tickets. And then it's cost you your food. Well, yeah, it basically cost us our food. And wow. <laughs> so it was fun. And uh, I think, I think that's how I ended up in New York the very last time I ever went and probably the last time I'll ever go. I don't have any desire to see it again. Well, you know, we were used to be up there about once a year, sometimes twice a year, because Joe's family, his parents uh, live up there. But now that his parents have both died, uh, we don't have a whole lot of reason to go up anymore. I mean, his his brother and the brother's kids all live there. And, you know, it's good to see them, but they're all grown up. Mm. And But, no, it's not an and, it's a but. I'm doing a conference in upstate New York in August, which, oh, my God, is next month in August. And he's going to ride up with me and drop me off upstate. Oh, nice. and, and then it go hang, hang out at, at his uh, brother's house for the weekend. Well, that's cool. So that'll be good. He won't go. He probably won't go into the city, though. And then soon after that, you'll be in Scotland. If that works out, we are still wrestling around with that because, you know, every time I think, oh, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You've been there a million times. Then, you know, Putin threatens to bomb the British Isles or or the flight. Another 10,000 flights get canceled or the only flight we can have has a 24 hour layover in Toronto. Uh, I'm just like, I'm too old to have to deal with that kind of crap. Yeah, I know how that is. I mean, that's a, that's a real pain. It is. And it doesn't sound exactly safe. No. What is anymore? (laughs) Yeah. And it isn't necessarily safe. I mean, we both know safety is an illusion. Anytime anybody thinks they're safe, that's exactly when the universe decides to challenge you with something. (laughs) You think it's all good? Well, watch this. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Yeah. Well, in fact, I had offered my daughter, she and I haven't traveled together in many and many a year, and I offered if she wanted to come, because I'm going to go with my editor and do book signings, if she wanted to come meet me after the first 10 days, and because then my editor goes back, then she and I could have, you know, 10 days in Britain if she wanted to, and she was all about it. She said, yeah, that'd be great. Well, when everything sparked off then in um, Eastern Europe, I just said, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm willing to risk my life and health, but I'm not willing to risk yours. So I am rescinding that offer and we will do that another time. And she said, okay, sounds good. 
everything's pretty up in the air right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I feel like a lot of us are just kind of surfing. Yep. Yep. So, and that that's hard when you get used to a routine, and that's what feels stable and correct. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you find out you're surfing. That's when you start seeing people's per- real personalities come out. Yeah. Well, I I guess I think of it as floating on my back in the pool. Mm-hmm. Which so is- I'm just. I'm just floating in the pool, and my assumption is there are no sharks in the pool, so I'm going to be okay. And I'm pretty buoyant, so I ain't going to drown, but yeah. But it's, it's still ass. floating. Yeah, it still is. Floating. It still ain't getting anywhere. Well, so what do you do in that situation? I float. <laughs> you float along. I make a list. I do things that I can do. You know, I I go out in the garden and I try to be kind kinder than usual to people. Yeah. Um, you know, when friends are going through a hard time, I'm all I always try to be pretty kind, but you know, right now I'm being especially sympathetic yeah. to people and, and just saying, Yeah, I get it. It's a hard time. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's about all I can do. I'm, I'm still just between you and me in the fence post and our listeners. I'm still pretty tired after six weeks on tour, turning in my book, my latest book manuscript. I did that. uh, How many days ago? Six days ago. And then I had my big old annual physical yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm just kind of wore out with that in the heat. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not moving as fast or being as kind of intense as I have often been. I know it's weird. Well, but it's okay. I mean, sometimes I you so. need to recharge. You're I listening to so. your body. And That's what I'm doing. Yeah, you wrote a book about it. I did. <laughs> it's called Embracing Willendorf, my friends, and you should get yourself a copy. <laughs> available at all fine bookstores or wherever you order books, but don't order from Amazon because they suck. <laughs> no. I got all that in. Yeah, I had a good report from the doctor yesterday. That made me happy. A very good report. He just, he was astounded by my good cholesterol. Astounded? Astounded. Yeah, That's my HDL's off the chart. He said, I know how you eat, too. <laughs> uh, so you know don't get cocky about it because it's just genetic and I said genetic and also oatmeal every day my friend oatmeal every day he said you do not eat oatmeal every day and I said I, I do there's not been too many days I've missed it and when I travel I take little instant oatmeal with me do you, do you get the flavor kind or the plain oh, kind I get plain okay. I'm tough <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, you can always throw something in there if you need to, you know. Well, I used to do the fancy, you know, I do my little portion because I do a half of a portion of oatmeal. But I have this way of cooking it that plumps everything up. I used to throw in some raisins or craisins, (coughs) fresh fruit or whatever, big old slab of butter. That's what the doctor was talking about with my cholesterol. He said, I know know how much butter you eat. I know, lady. I know. (laughs) Because I do. But about the only fats I have now are olive oil and butter. Mm. So that's not bad. That's real good. And the thing is, I ain't going to die young. So there you go. 
Nobody so. will say, oh, she died so young and fair and beautiful. They'll just go, well, I guess her her hard living caught up with it. Yeah. All that whiskey drinking caught up with it. Well, I don't know. I think it toughens you up a little bit. You expose yourself to all kinds of stuff. And, you know, there's yeah. what's called the immunity challenge. Although now in the world of pandemics, I don't know if that's even a valid theory. <laughs> <laughs> With all the crap going on in the world, I think crap it's crap is going on in the world. I don't understand. <laughs> well, maybe it's just my slanted way of looking at things. <laughs> but uh, with with all the all the crap going on in the world, I think that if you are able to, it's more important than ever to take some time to have some downtime and have some entertainment. Right, and find some joy. Mm-hmm. Everything is a, le- a little, at least a little, God, I can't even say it, uh, a little easier to tolerate if you can have some joy in your life, too. You can go, well, it ain't all bad. I got this thing here. Well, that's why I'm never embarrassed about I mean, I, I, I don't watch much TV, as you know. My mom the other day was saying something, and she said, oh, here's Jaws. You want to watch it? And I was like, no. And she's, I love to watch a Jaws on the 4th of July. I'm not going to watch Jaws. I have never watched Jaws, but I did read the book. Uh, the book is better than the movie, of course. Well, the book, yeah, the, but even that, the book was like super sensationalism and all of that, but I can't take it. I just can't take that. It's too much for you. Any of it is, even the cheesy just, stuff. I'm indulging in a lot of British TV now in the evenings, are you? we are watching some pretty hardcore stuff. <laughs> like there's, there's this show called The Responder that has Martin Freeman in it. I love that guy so much. He was uh, Dr. Watson with Benedict Cumberbatch as, as Sherlock Holmes. Oh, and wow. he was Frodo. No, he was uh, Bilbo in the Hobbit movies. And I've been following him for years and years. And he is this little bitty mean cop in this show. And he just, he, he's just tough. He just beat the snot out of people, walk away. That does nothing for me. Yeah, I know but, it. I know it. And we've also been watching uh, the fourth season of Stranger Things. Stranger and that Things. is just, it is just loaded down with like Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff. Oh, the portal is open between another dimension. And, Oh my gosh, look what came through this big slimy bodybuilder with a <laughs> no nose who uh, is the ultimate evil and will whatever. And it's like, uh, been there, done that, read the Lovecraft. Yeah. Send me to Star Trek. You're going to be talking about portals and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Send me to the real world. Hey, yeah, exactly. That's what we had to talk about is that large Hadron Collider thing yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that was exciting. Uh, so, so you've gone down the CERN hole. <laughs> uh, well, I love CERN. When they first started talking about doing that, I thought, well, we might learn something really cool because I'm all about physics and particle physics and mm-hmm. experimental physics and blah, blah, blah physics. So I was excited. And then I somehow missed that they were doing it on the 5th of July until a friend of mine said, Oh God, you got occult Twitter is just going crazy with this. So I went over there and hashtag CERN. It was hilarious. 
hilarious. Is it, is it, Tim, what was that phrase? Occult what? Occult Twitter. So I went over to my Twitter account and I put in the hashtag uh, Super Collider or no, CERN, I guess is what I put in. Oh, and it's going to open a portal and blah, blah, blah. And somebody on my Facebook page, I said, well, I've been down the rabbit hole of CERN today. It looks very exciting. And, <laughs> uh, and somebody said, oh, well, you just prepared for the, everything to get darker. And I was like, buddy, I've been prepared from that for that since 1999. Where the hell have you been? I wrote a book about that. Well, the CERN is, is a, it's a time-sucking vortex once you start, you know, thinking about what's going on. And once you start getting into the subject matter and learning about it, you can spend much time on it and still not get any further with it as yeah. far as that goes. Okay. And, and, sure. and all, the, all the great mysteries are like that. Yes. But it's also written, it is written, uh, it, is, it is for someone to seek the mystery. Certain people are just meant to, is what I came to understand. How do you feel about that? Tell me about oh, it. I, I love the science part of it. Because yeah. I'm a science, I'm a science person, really. I know it doesn't look like it looks like I'm an arts person, but I'm also a science person, and I love when people just they're just digging around in their brains and thinking, "Huh, what kind of experiment could we do to start looking at where gravity comes from? What makes gravity? Origins of gravity?" And I, I don't know. I just I love all that, you know, figuring that, tinkering around and figuring that stuff out. I don't have a a hard need to know everything because I'm happy to live in the mystery of it just being what it is. Yeah. But I've loved physics for years. I had a, gosh, 15 years ago, I had a, a, fr a friend's mother tutored me for about, I don't know, 14 or 15 months, tutored me in, uh, in quantum mechanics and physics. Nice. I loved so, it. So, so which Star Trek is your favorite series? Original, next generation, discovery. I mean, I think it has to be next generation. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I like all of them. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Scott Bakula. Yeah. But that's just me. So, yes, uh, so, so I liked some of the plot lines of the one that had Scott Bakula in it. Yeah. There's just something about him I don't like. And I'm afraid part of it is just the way he looks. I don't like, I don't like, he looks like a little, a little fox face, a little beady eyes. And part of it's his voice just grates on me. Ugh. Well, and I'll always associate him with Buck Rogers for some reason. He must have been in it or something. Oh my gosh. But I mean, Next Generation had a really good cast, pretty good plot lines, interesting characters. And, you know, Patrick Stewart, what can I say? I saw a photograph of him when he was auditioning for Paramount for the, for the part. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, how they put you in different poses, blah, 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 blah. They had a wig on him. <laughs> and, and they were considering uh, having him do that throughout the entire series. I'm so glad that they didn't. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work for him at all. And, I, now, and also, I don't know if that was Photoshopped or not. And it's not, he was very handsome. Oh know, my gosh. He's a very handsome. handsome. Yeah. So he can, it, it was fine, but no, he's, 
he looks better. He's magnificent with his bald head. And it's interesting that you like him because you've always said that you do like a head of bushy hair. I do. I do. But for for me with him, it's that he's so talented. Yeah. And his really voice is. just does me. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. What can you say? Audio right in the ear. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I've got about a hundred things came to mind to say there, and it's I stopped myself. Because <laughs> uh, you know, what if, what if my nephew listens? Oh, hey, by the way, they just got back, they being my my little brother and his wife and my nephew. So my nephew has been to this Denton farm park every year since he was born. And he's, oh. he's also the only person I've ever met that absolutely knew what they wanted to do when they grew up. And he grew up knowing that he was going to run a train. Well, there's a lot more to running the kind of train that he wanted to than just taking a couple of courses in college. And so you have to, he, he kind of grew up around that farm park working on the trains and doing this and that. And now, of course, he's working over at Dollywood, right, on the train. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so his dad, my brother, he's, he's also working on the train. And my sister-in-law is doing her thing over there and helping out. And uh, I was looking at photographs that some, one of them put up. And it had a picture of, of Kyle when he was young and he they had modified a tractor and put baby Kyle up in the back of this of this tractor where he was safe. They oh built a seat gosh. for him. And then I saw another image where he was being pulled in a John Deere wagon. <laughs> and then I saw a picture of him like that week. And he was driving that really, really old steam train. It doesn't look like anything I'm familiar with. And oh, I uh, must love that. He, oh yeah, it was great. And it looked, but that's the thing though. He looks exactly like his dad used to look. Oh, so it's crazy. It's like looking at my brother from, you know, 25, 30 years ago. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that's so sweet, though. It, oh, it, well, I think it's pretty cool. And I saw an article, which, by the way, that's going to lead me around to what I was going to talk to you about. But right. I saw this article. Did you know you could rent Dolly's tour bus? No way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it must cost an arm and a leg. I, I'm sure it does. I'll try and find out, though. Because would that not be the coolest road trip ever? Get the weirdlings. Oh, oh my gosh. I can't even. I can't even. I, I got. I can't even. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Y'all, uh, I'm just going to say it one more time. I know we say it all the time, but I'm going to say it one more time. If anybody knows how me and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals, can just meet. Dolly Parton. That's all. Just meet her and have our picture made with it. Oh, please, so please let us know how to do that. We just, we just need it bad. Yep. Just need to, just need to be in her presence. Oh yeah. You know, 
I'm looking forward to her. Uh, whenever a video comes out, an, an autobiography or a biography or a video biography that she approves of, I, I can't wait uh-huh. to see her. Won't that be good? Yeah. I mean, she's had so many looks and styles. But anyway, so I saw that as an article. And that led me to this other article. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for part two of this episode.